as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Our massive economic engine in our private sector, which is our Rio Grande Valley port of Brazil. Monthly updates. Chief Ed Campidano joining us right now. Looks like another big record year. All that tonnage, all that stuff coming into the port. So let's catch up to speed on that first, Chief. Well, yes, it looks like 2022 was another uh, record year, exceeded total volumes that we had in 2021, uh, which is obviously uh, great for us. Um, we saw an increase in you know, our steady uh, business, steel slab, um, uh, is growing, and it will continue to grow. We already know for 2023 and 2024, we continue to increment to support our partners in Mexico. Um, the wind blade business is going to be strong this year, so that's encouraging. Um, we've got a lot of cement on the ground, uh, well, I should say in the warehouses. Um, we're seeing some new commodities coming to the port. Uh, so um, not only did we have a good 2022, 2023 is shaping up to be even better. What does all that, all the raw materials, all the steel, all the cement, what does all that say to you as far as the strength of the economy? Because we've touched on this before. Usually, the maquilas are manufacturing in the industrial north of Mexico. Usually that's a leading indicator of an economic slowdown in the U.S. when orders stop going south of the border to all those factories. It doesn't seem like there's a slowdown right now. Well, I think on the steel front, uh, you know, there are some things going on in Mexico, uh, kind of movements in that market and, and our um, – our partner here at the port, Turnium, uh, is moving in to fill those voids. From We understand from them construction um, is on an uptick, uh, not only in, in Mexico, but they're seeing uh, demand other areas. Of course, the automobile industry is coming back. They're a primary supplier to that industry. Uh, the white appliance industry, which does a lot of consumer goods like uh, you know washing machines, refrigerators, stoves. You know, they're seeing an uptick in a lot of their business that kind of slowed down in 2020 and 21. So that's a good um, that's a good uh, um, thing for us. Uh, uh, domestically, uh, we're importing uh, more cement than we have uh, in the last three years. Uh, and all of that is for U.S. market. Uh, I will tell you, because you're going to ask me, um, certainly, if we see a, a positive announcement uh, anytime soon with next decade, that's only continue to drive um, a great deal of uh, uh, materials such as cement, aggregate, um, uh, sand. I mean, a lot of that is going to be needed for that project. So I think a lot of it is not only have these companies been preparing and posturing for increases to come, uh, they're also uh, doing well as we begin to see an uptick in our economy. With all the steel and commodities headed toward 
Monterrey, the industrial north of Mexico, do they sell themselves to the world, to industry, to multinational firms? Do they sell uh, themselves with our port, with Brownsville, as it seems to be their port, their seaport here at Brownsville? Well, some of our long-term tenants, uh, you know, we we do gain relations uh, with them because of our business relationship. I'll give you an example. Uh, Turnium, which obviously is our large, large customer, their primary supplier of iron ore for the steel uh, making is a Spanish company, largest Spanish company in the world that is in that trade. Um, they're now looking at us to establishing a terminal operation to be able to better support that industry. So, I mean, that's a huge plus for us. So we're beginning to see more and more of that. Uh, we have seen more foreign investment in the port over the last four or five years, and all of those businesses uh, are growing, and you know, they begin to bring other industry that is looking at uh, either gaining a foothold in, in Mexico or in, in the United States, and so we're seeing more of that. Uh, cement is a good example. Uh, we, we've always had um, some form of operation. Mostly it's the suppliers of, of cement, but the makers or those that provide the uh, uh, the elements or the uh, material that goes into cement making, you know, that's always been an import, and that's beginning to grow substantially. New products of cement, new types of cement are starting to come in. You know, Turkey, Spain is a big uh, importer of cement here to the port of Brownsville. So we're starting to see other companies come as a result of some of the long-term relationships we've had here at the port. Ed Campirano is director of the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville. And now that lawmakers are meeting up in Austin, what are you keeping an eye on? What do lawmakers need to fund? Uh, I know the funding of infrastructure specifically for ports that's a topic of conversation what can you share well i can tell you that from uh, from the ports perspective uh, through the state association uh while there are multiple things that interest us the probably the two biggest focuses are going to be on uh seeking uh, funding for port infrastructure uh to support the continued growth of ports uh you know, in the case of ports, it's it's not like we're going over there with our hand opening. We're we're talking about every dollar invested is going to trade four or five, or in many cases, you know, for an infrastructure project, uh, you know, the, it's it's a it's a shared expense. So it's not like you know we're going there and and just asking for money. Uh, this is all to uh, keep up with the market demand, uh, to remain competitive, to keep Texas as the number one maritime port in the state in the nation. So, you know, we, we need help with some infrastructure uh, inside the gate. Uh, we need help with dock repairs, dock construction. Obviously, there are multiple channel deepening projects going on in the state of Texas. Um, uh, the, the, the cost share on that, a lot of it falls on the ports themselves. So we're seeking some kind of assistance in that regard. So mostly going to be focusing on port infrastructure. Well. TxDOT seems, in many conversations, it always seems that TxDOT might be in charge of handling this. But good news for us, again, Terry Canales, Terry Canales, Terry Canales is from the Valley, again, chairman of all the transportation stuff 
and this legislative session might give us a leg up in making sure that if they do set aside, like, I don't know, like a billion-dollar cookie jar for infrastructure, for ports, make sure that we get our share and Houston doesn't gobble up all the money. You know what I mean? Well, Chairman Canales uh, has certainly been a, a, a huge advocate. I mean, he's he's been one that has been very very upfront and and very vocal on the need to support ports and uh he's made some um uh calls and comments as to um supporting port infrastructure and so uh we certainly appreciate uh, uh chairman canales's uh support of ports and you know uh, again you know that that that's a big plus you know that helps us uh towards uh that end and you know he's he's he he has he's put it out there that you know we need to support Texas ports, and certainly uh, South Texas is port rich, so you know it helps us all. Just make sure you get the elbow in there. Hey, Houston, uh, we're down here too. You know, we need to spruce up the place around here. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a massive Houston port. Houston is 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 obviously a massive port, yeah. uh, and you know they're you know, we, but we all one thing about the the ports in Texas, we we all do really work together. You know, okay. Houston helps us. And supports us just as much as we work with them. As you said, uh, let's keep Texas number one when it comes to maritime. Thank you, Chief. Absolutely. Appreciate the update and best of luck in trying to land that LNG announcement sometime in the first quarter. That's our Chief of Operations. He's the director of the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville at Campidano. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it, it's free. Look back, look ahead, taking a look at business opportunities and activity. South Padre Island, our magnet. Mayor Patrick McNulty joining us. Happy New Year, Mayor. Appreciate the time today. Okay, so let's look at SPI 2022. Economic highlights, either in tourism, sales, hotel, motel tax. Uh, what can you tell me that you look back on in 22 as a highlight? 22 was an overall good year. Um our hot tax came in above budget and our sales tax came in above budget. So I think everybody had a, a had a pretty good year. I was surprised that even in November with all that rain that we got during the Thanksgiving weekend that the uh, hotel tax was was above what we had projected. So that was great. First time I hear that hot tax, that hotel occupancy tax number coming in. So if it came in that strong, yeah. How does that help you over at City Hall? You're looking at funding some new projects. Was it that good? Was also the sales tax that good? The sales tax is above budget, which that's a, a percentage of our general fund. And we'll just have to see what we end up doing at the same point in time. Our expenses have gone up uh, greater than what we can you know, raise our property taxes by. So 
we'll probably be using a large portion of that to, to help keep the employees um, getting paid at, at, a, at a reasonable amount compared to what other cities in the Valley are paying. Construction and yeah, investment construction and investment on the island, Mayor, in 2022. Any highlights, any new arrivals? Uh, how were the numbers at South Padre? Numbers were good. We've had a very, very strong year of construction on South Padre Island. We've recently had a, um, a restaurant do a remake over and, and over at Captain Roy's, now Nautico, and that just opened up, which seems like they're having great success. The food was great. The Pearl Hotel, former Sheraton, it closed down in September for a massive remodel for its conversion to a Margaritaville, and they've announced that they will be opening up in May some point in time, I think, for yeah. uh, converting that hotel to a Margaritaville. That's going to be a great asset on South Padre Island. Yeah, good thing uh, you mentioned them. They've been calling us often. I think they got a, a big hiring push. Mayor Patrick McNulty joining us. Before you know it, Blink and I, spring break will be here. And it's more family-friendly, right? That seems to be the focus of late, to be family-friendly when it comes to spring break. We're focusing on a family-friendly spring break. You know, of course, that shouldn't deter any of the college kids from coming down. I think we have a five miles of beach and six miles of beach, and there's plenty of room for everybody to hang out and have a great spring break, so long as Mother Nature holds out for it. Yeah, well, that's true. 2023, the year, hopefully... If your neighbor Elon Musk can get his ticket punched by the FAA and send his rockets into space, well, that's going to be quite a show to have that finally happen on the island. What do you expect will happen on that weekend, on that time? Fill up the balconies. I would imagine that would be a huge tourist draw for South Padre. When they're able to, to do it, I think it'll, there'll be a lot of people down here to watch it. You know, the hard thing about launching a rocket is is that it's you can't set your watch by it. There's a, there's a lot of variables that go along with it, and so that's one of the challenges that, that they have, and, and South Padre would have on you know marketing towards that is is that you know the, the launches are, if one little thing is out of whack, you know they'll have to postpone it and postpone it or, or whatever it might be, and so we have to be careful about how we market such things because we don't want to have people here disappointed for one day. And you know if, you, no. if you're coming down for a launch, I would definitely recommend that you stay for multiple days because. Uh, you don't know if they'll go off that first day. That's true. Fill up the hotels and go eat at the local establishments. Mayor Patrick McNulty, South Padre Island. Legislative agenda, have you piece one together? And by the way, since I hear so much noise up in Austin, not that I expect this to pass, but every legislative session they talk about casino gambling. And for some folks in Texas, one casino gambling. Just curious where you stand on that one. And I was hoping you, you could also share with us perhaps uh, your legislative agenda if you have one. Well, to hit on casino gambling, I think that, you know, it, it would be a shame if South Padre Island was left off of the the acceptable areas to to have a casino. I, I think that, you know, the agenda from the state is if it were to pass, uh, that, you know, it would go to the voters of the state of Texas. And then I think the, the voters of Cameron County would have to decide of what they would like uh, in regards to it. Um but I think that South Padre Island would be a perfect destination for a resort-style casino that they're talking about. It seems like the legislative effort this time around is more focused on uh, larger cities, uh, I think with population in excess of a million. Um, and we would just like to see that, it, it, that South Padre Island be considered, since we are a, a resort destination and we have lots of amenities, um, that we would be able to at least decide if we if, if if 
if we wanted to allow that to happen. Okay. So we would like the opportunity to be included for sure. Um, and then our legislative agenda, we're actually having a workshop next week sometime um, to discuss items that, that will be on our, our legislative window. Uh, but obviously the number one is, is the second causeway or second access. Uh, that's just crucial for the growth of South Padre Island. It's crucial for the safety of South Padre Island as well as for Port Isabel. I mean, you know, we have weekends where traffic is backed up nine miles on the other side, um, you know, up into Laguna Vista, and that creates Jeez. severe hardship for yeah. the, the people who live in Port Isabel and, or, and live in, in Laguna Vista. Uh, it creates hardship for the people who want to come to South Padre Island or, and for our employees. A lot of our employees live off the island and live in various communities such as Brownsville and Port Isabel, Laguna Vista, and Los Fresnos, and Harlingen. Even we even have some in Harlingen, and you know, for them to have to try to to plan their day to where they don't know if they're going to have a two-hour wait or a yeah. three-hour wait yeah. or a ten-minute wait, um, and then God forbid if we ever had to evacuate the the island in a in a storm event or something like that, you know, moving a hundred thousand. 50,000 cars or whatever it might be off the island uh, and moving people off the island and getting them to safety, that could be a, a huge bottleneck for those efforts, uh, especially considering the other people in those towns that are, are possibly trying to evacuate. A potential... And so yeah. that's going to be our number one agenda okay. uh, item. And uh, we're working in hand with Cameron County and CCRMA and the RGB MPO you know, South Padre Island, Cameron County, and the Cameron County RMA have all pledged at least a million dollars each to uh, continue the environmental study and and uh, preliminary engineering. And we're really excited about how it's moving forward. And we're just hopeful that the, with the surplus that we have in the state um, that we will uh, be able to make this project come through through right. TechDot. So has anyone said what the potential price tag would be for a second causeway, Mayor? I am hearing around half a, half a billion dollars or $500 million. That's it? Which is uh, more expensive than it was 10 years ago, but, you know, it didn't happen 10 years ago, and so here we are with the inflation oh. of prices. I understand. Uh, I believe it's a 17-mile uh, bridge. At least that's the last I checked. Uh and, um, you know, there's going to be some environmental factors that come in play to it. But we're, we're, we're pretty excited that there seems to be some good momentum. We had a, a bunch of legislators here on the island uh, this last weekend, and we expressed our, our desire for or need for health and safety and development purposes. 17 miles. For wow. Second causeway. 17 miles. That's, um, yeah, that's a heck of a lot longer than Queen Isabella. Success in 23, Mayor. Our Mayor on South Padre Island. Mayor Patrick McNulty. Take care, Mayor. All right. Thank you, and have a great day. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. We mean now. Breaking news.
breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Our guest is South Texas College Vice President, Dr. Rodney Rodriguez. We welcome him back. So, Dr. Rod, I understand that STC has a new partnership with Texas A&M and their engineering school. What can you tell us about it? Yes. Good morning, Sergio, and thank you for inviting us you to bet. the show. Uh, yes, definitely. We're very excited about this new partnership with Texas A&M. Um, as you may have heard, uh, we had uh, Chancellor Sharp, uh, Regent Hernandez, and Dean Hurtado here from Texas A&M who uh, have been working very closely, not only with uh, President Solis, but also our board uh, to be able to bring this opportunity to the Rio Grande Valley. And uh, this uh, partnership will allow uh, STC to pursue uh, for our students to pursue one of 22 majors with the College of Engineering at Texas A&M. And so we're really excited about this opportunity, and um, it's still one of, one of a kind here in the RGV. How many seats are available for students as they enter semester to semester, or is it open-ended based on grades? Right. It's open based on grades, and pretty much uh, for those students that have a STEM uh, interest uh, with science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. As you well know, uh, STC offers uh, this uh, curriculum through its math, science, and engineering uh, program, which will be uh, the, the, the focus uh, of the students coming in as the foundation as they complete their true year at South Texas College. And then after that, uh, they'll go automatically into the Texas A&M system. Dr. Rodney Rodriguez, Vice President, South Texas College, our guest. Dr. Rodriguez, Tim Sullivan here. Could you talk about uh, how it works? I mean, the students are kind of split between STC and and A&M and College Station. Uh, How does the the course work, work between the two institutions? Sure. So um, the the beauty behind this uh, academy is that uh, there'll be concurrent uh, enrollments with South Texas College and Texas A&M, which means that when the student applies and comes in at South Texas College and starts taking the classes, what's going to happen is that they're also going to be enrolled at Texas A&M. So as they finish the the engineering uh, curriculum with South Texas College, Uh, the student will have the option to either automatically go to the McAllen, Texas A&M site that is Ah, here in North McAllen, or go to College Station, whichever they prefer. Yeah, okay. And in the meantime, you have some A&M faculty coming here to to teach uh, some engineering courses before the students either go to A&M and College Station or, or North McAllen. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, so uh, we were very fortunate to work with Texas A&M Foundation, which is funding 
a big portion of this uh, uh, opportunity here with South Texas College. And uh, it's estimated that around $4,600 in tuition and fees would be saved by a student going through STC and then Texas A&M rather than just going through Texas A&M for the four year. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's a big cost savings for our students as well. There were some comments made during the news conference, too, that the partnership is aimed at addressing a projected need for engineers in Texas. How, how many and what will they be needed for as we look to the yeah, future? Yeah, well, you know, uh, Chancellor Sharp uh, did say that by 2028, we're going to need around 51,000 engineers in Texas, if you can believe that, Sergio. But uh, to meet this need, you know, uh, Texas A&M has, you know, this has been in in the works for more than six months now, but it's just that much more important that universities need to start working with two-year institutions like South Texas College because we are the pipeline Mm. to the workforce and not only to the workforce in the region, but to the state and the nation. Dr. Rodney Rodriguez, Vice President, South Texas College. We're talking about this new STC and Texas A&M partnership and providing engineering majors a more affordable path to get their sheepskin. Now, with a changing Valley economy, uh, Dr. Rod, I can imagine this uh, this, this will play right into what's taking place in manufacturing and international trade, uh, LNG, uh, aerospace, you know, you know, with Elon Musk and all that here in the Valley. It's amazing the times that we live in. And, and, and yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned pipelines. So I, we can definitely see uh, the engineering pipeline to create the, the skill set needed and keep the talent here in South Texas. Absolutely. And, you know, this uh, cohort will be beginning in fall of 2023. But, um, you know, you know, one of the things that, that these industry partners ask right away is, you know, how many 18 to 24-year-olds do you have living in the region, and are they workforce-ready, or are they in an, an engineering program, or wanting to go into engineering? And this is very attractive to them because they know that we have that demographic here in the Rio Grande Valley. We have smart, smart students, um, and uh, we're, we're just really excited to see what that outcome is in the first cohort that goes in in the fall. You mentioned 22 majors that are engineering-related from Texas yes. A&M, now accessible to our kids in South Texas through South Texas College. But, but sometimes we need industry on the ground to That's allow right. these young people to go work side-by-side with some of these experts. Right. Uh, are we talking about that as well in the future? Yes, sir. So as, as an engineer, you know, engineer needs technicians, technicians need assistant technicians. So you can already see the, the cascading level of workforce that this is going to bring as an opportunity here for our students to decide whether they want to go into engineering, they want to go and be a technician, they, you know, they can decide any of these tracks. They're 22, I, I don't recall them all. But they're linked to engineering, but through South Texas College, uh, their start will be there. And uh, that's through our math, science, and engineering program where they're going to be doing uh, and getting the core in biology, chemistry, engineering, mathematics, physics. So, you know, it's, Excellent. Just, it's a one-of-a-kind, and, and we're yeah. really excited about this yeah. opportunity. Uh, Dr. Rodney just mentioned all the courses that 
your kids headed to school right now. They need to make A's in. Make sure right. they get a path and uh, take advantage. <laughs> uh, keep your GPA up, kids. Uh, you get an opportunity of a lifetime Absolutely. right now. Yeah, hey. and, and with the opportunity of scholarships through the Texas A&M Foundation with the South Texas College Foundation, we're, we will be looking at, you know, tracking them very carefully, seeing what their needs are. And that's the difference at South Texas College is that we work hand-in-hand with our students to be successful. 10-4. Thank you, Dr. Rodney. Appreciate the update. Dr. Rodney Rodriguez, Vice President, South Texas College. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Economic update this time from the International Bridges at McAllen. He's the superintendent for our bridges here in McAllen. The San Luis Bridge, the Hidalgo Bridge. Juan Olaguibel is my guest right now. 2022, Juan, I know you've had a chance to crunch some of the numbers. So how was traffic as far as number of vehicles and then the revenue on the revenue side? How did how'd that go? Well, you know what? Um, thank you for having me, first of all. And um, I just want to thank um, business that's, that's coming across the bridges because for over 95 years, the Miguel Hidalgo International Bridge System has served the gateway between the two great countries of Mexico and the United States, facilitating international commerce and connecting our region to the next to the rest of the world. But in 2022, as you, as, you, as you asked, we saw more than 1 million pedestrians travel through the McAllen Hidalgo International Bridge. And over 3.7 million vehicles chose to use both the McAllen Hidalgo and Anza Luis International Bridges as a preferred route. That's something that we're very proud. Is that better than pre-pandemic numbers? Are we looking at new highs? Yeah, no, those are new highs. We're, we're looking at better than pre-pandemic on both bridges, we've seen an increase in um, at the Anzaldúas Bridge of more than 25% year over year, and we've seen an increase in the McAllen Hidalgo International Bridge of 22% year over year. The 25% over at Anzaldúas, that in part would be attributed to, like, uh, well, that actually that's inbound, right? That's not outbound, or is that also outbound? That's a, no, that's outbound. That's we, out. That's a, we, we um we have the numbers for uh, vehicles traveling south. Yeah. And historically, there's about a 15 to 20 percent difference of vehicles traveling inbound. I was going to say, because with all the empty trucks that we've been sending south of the border at Ansel Lewis, I was wondering if maybe the increase in traffic, uh, it's, a, it's the southbound empty trucks that will soon also welcome... 
trucks that are full coming in from Mexico. When are we go full tilt commercial at Ansaldúas? Do you know? Well, you know, interesting you ask that. There's, um, right now, the Ansaldúas International Bridge is, is a bridge that can handle southbound empty commercial traffic. We've seen an increase of 15% year over year on empty commercial traffic. Um, that doesn't include uh, the vehicular traffic that I just mentioned. Okay. So uh, we have, we're very excited about a project that we have going on for um, the Ansaldúas Port of Entry. And well, as you know, with the increase in demand for commercial traffic, um, the Ansaldúas International Bridge, with the support of the Ansaldúas International Bridge Board and the McCann City Commission, we invested to build the full cargo facilities at the port of entry. We, this is an investment that's over uh, $83 million. And, but the benefits that this is going to provide the region is in the, just in vehicular cost savings is over $363 million. And in type savings, we calculated it to be over $270 million over a 30 year period. Juan, now, Juan let, let me let me re, let me reintroduce you. Let me reintroduce you, brother, because we've gone a few minutes into the yeah. interview. Juan Olaguivel, superintendent of our bridge system system here in McAllen, Ansel Lewis, and Hidalgo Bridge. Go ahead and finish your thought, brother. Yeah, no, no, no thank you. Um, so, with the question of when this project should complete, we have broken. Well, we will be breaking ground here in the next week or two, um, and the project should complete in 2024. And this will be able to handle both north and southbound full commercial cargo uh, through the Ansel Lewis Bridge. The multi-million dollar investment that you made mention of just uh, moments ago, that is a city of McAllen expenditure, right? Or is that coming out of your specific bridge system uh, piggy bank? Because I know the, the bridge does generate revenue for the city. Well, we actually were able to secure a infra grant from the United States Department of Transportation in the amount of $25 million. Uh, the state of Texas, also the, the Department of Transportation, we able, were able to secure $22 million from them. And the rest is coming from a loan from the NetBank. You did tell me that we have groundbreaking for the Ansel Duas the facilities that we need to inspect, the inbound trucks that are full of stuff. Is there something special happening on the Mexican side to complement the inspections to make them faster? Absolutely. Um, in Mexico, the government is working on finalizing um, their their project and going out for construction. Now, their project is a bit different than ours since it is government-owned, uh, so the government will be constructing that. That those facilities over there. We are estimated that both both uh, projects will be concluded at the same time, so we'll be opening up at the same time, both in Mexico and the U.S. Uh, again, what would be the date for that? We don't have the date, but it'll be in in May, the first quarter of 2024. First quarter of 24. Juan Olaguibel, he's the superintendent of our bridge system here in McAllen, Ansaldúas, and the Hidalgo Bridge. So you mentioned uh, over a million pedestrians and then 3.7 million vehicles. Now, can you do a quick comparison, that number for 22 compared to 21? Because you said these two numbers are all-time highs for the area. Can, can you do, give me a, like, put it into perspective, compare the, the 2021 numbers. How, how was that in, in, in both categories? Sure, actually, in... 
for 2022, we our fiscal year begins October 2022. Oh, I see. Up yeah. to date, we've seen we've seen more than 180,000 vehicles more through McAllen Hidalgo International Bridge. Nice. And we've seen about 100,000 more vehicles um, through the Anzaldúas Bridge during these times, as compared to the same time last year. Right. Now, when it comes to pedestrians, we've we've seen about 70 to 80,000 more pedestrians use the bridge. Through, um, you know, year over year. Well, I guess uh, that in part would explain why the sales tax receipts for McAllen are going gangbuster crazy. We're reaching sales tax numbers all time highs in McAllen. I'm sure part of that is people coming in, driving in from Mexico, and, and walking in from Mexico, doing a lot of shopping. Uh, yeah, I know some people say, "Well, Serge, it's it's inflation." Well, yes, it is inflation, but the sales tax number, if you if you calculate inflation, it's still ahead of the inflation number in the McAllen area. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. So, of course, that means uh, cash hand over fist, right, when it comes to revenue at the bridge system for you, right? We're getting a lot more of those uh, quotas, a lot more of those dues, um, tolls that are being paid at the bridge. But by how much did we increase revenue? Well, we're, we're seeing an increase in revenue of, uh, per month on a monthly basis right now of over $100,000 at, at the McAllen Hidalgo International Bridge. And on Saludas, we're seeing um, a little bit, maybe 100000 110000 as well. But more importantly than the revenue is the impact that we're having to the region. We're a catalyst. We're basically the venue to be able to cross people from Mexico into the United States. Pre-COVID, there's a time there that there was restrictions. Yeah. And people couldn't come and visit their family. So it's very important that we focus on, on, on that and being able to facilitate travel and making people feel that they're not wasting all their time, maybe in wait times or on lines or stuff like that. So what we've done is we have invested uh, in expanding or helping the government expand their pedestrian throughput. So right now, if you go through Customs Port of Entry, they have five booths that handle over 100,000 pedestrians on a monthly basis. So with a program that we have that we earmark 50 cents out of every dollar for projects at the bridges, we are able to invest over a million dollars in expanding the project at the McAllen Hidalgo Bridge from five pedestrian, for five uh, CBP booths, Customs and Border Protection booths, to 10. So we're going to double that and help maybe have more people be able to go through the port quicker and be able to, in the United States faster or longer. All right. Anything else you want folks to know about this past uh, fiscal year and any projects coming up in, in 23? Well, I actually want everybody to know about a program that we have at the bridges, and this is across the United States, but it is the Sentry Program. And it is a... It's, it's, it's an application. You apply for this Sentry card, and it's, it's through the www.dtp.dhs.gov, as in gov. And it's a program that the government has uh, implemented to make crossing easier and faster through the ports of entry. Depending on what program you, you apply to, uh, you might even have the pre-TSA program in that, in, that, in, that, in that program itself, which is good for if you're going to use airports, you know, like the McAllen International Airport or, or stuff like that. So okay. um, it is a really good program. I, I invite everybody to look into it and apply. The more we have, the more 
the quicker we can move people through the ports of entry. Yeah, the Sentry program. How much does it cost? How much of a background check do they need to conduct on you uh, to be a, tr- a trusted traveler, crosser? Well, it, it is a very in-depth uh, background check. Now, the cost of it, it depends on, again, it depends on what program you want. It could be, I think it's eighty. It's $100 for the um, uh, global entry, and it's good for five years. And this applies to everyone, U.S. citizens and citizens from Mexico. So everybody qualifies as long as they have a clean background, and it's a really great program to, to be in, and um, it'll help save you time and money across it. Juan, appreciate the update and success in 23. We'll we'll check in with you later. Thank you, Juan. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Our superintendent for our bridge system in McAllen, or Ensign Lewis, and our Hidalgo Bridge, that's Juan Olaguibel. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710-KURV. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURV. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.